0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the PropSwap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. Uh, we will get into the PGA Championship action, which saw Brooks Kepka win his third PGA Championship. Uh, we will talk a little NHL playoffs. Uh, but first, uh, got to start with the NBA. Um, both series, uh, we're at 3-0 uh, on Monday afternoon. Uh, and so, uh, Luke, what is rule number one when it comes to, when, when people ask us what prop swap Roots for? Underdogs. Underdogs. Upsets, underdogs, That that is rule number one. But rule number two is that we root for a series to go seven games. Uh, there's been a lot of examples where, like, let's say, you know, the teams are even in terms of, you know, where they were as underdogs or favorites or whatever, you know, during the season. And, you know, there's no, there's no rooting interest to, for rule number one. People ask me, like, you know, which team are we rooting for? And I'm like, I just want this to go seven games, right? I wanted to, you know, flip flop back and forth, go, go seven games. And so, uh, unfortunately, uh, the NBA playoffs are not quite looking like that um, as we record this. Stanley yeah, Cup ahead. either. Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, neither. Um, it's a little, you know, the Stanley Cup series are a two o versus three uh, o, and so obviously, you know, the game threes can can be swing it uh, other way, especially in the Vegas, you know, Dallas series, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, later on this podcast. Um, you know, it's they, they say the series doesn't start until a road team wins a game, but uh, just talking NBA right now, like the the Eastern Conference started started right off the bat, and then I mean I. The Heat were a nine-point favor, or sorry, the, the Celtics were a nine-point favorite game one, a ten-point favorite game two. They were even like a five and a half-point favorite game three. The Heat have yet to be favored in any of these games. But uh, pr- before we get to the Heat-Celtics, uh, I thought we would start with um, and see if there was any update on that Lakers ticket we discussed last week. Um, if uh, if you didn't have a chance to listen, uh, a two betters, two friends shared a bet that uh, back in December that was. $400 at 150 to one on the Lakers to win the finals. Um, the, the offer was $15,000 prior to the Western conference finals. Uh, the declined that offer. Um, and uh, as we just said, the Lakers now are just one game away from elimination uh, and trying to do something that no team has ever done, which is come back from a three Oh deficit um, in, in the playoffs. So uh, just wanted to see if there was any more communication and if uh They were right. You know, if there's any interest in selling um, after games one, two or
1: three. Uh, No. And, you know, I think a lot of times with prop swap, you're given a price. The price was 15,000 before the series started. And then they lose one. And it's like, is anyone going to say, well, I could have sold for 15,000. I declined it now it's it's worth eight thousand i'm gonna decline again it's like knowing if you're if you're declining the higher number you're probably not going to accept the lower number for the most part obviously i've been texting them after each game saying what the ticket is worth but in my experience and and brokering a lot of these types of sales like rarely do the guys and some girls who decline the higher number come back and say after a loss, okay, and now so and it also it's tough because if they would have won, they're like, well, no, the Lakers obviously are gonna win the NBA final, so I'm not gonna sell after a win. So it's yeah. kinda like after you after you decline it, and I can I can do my best job as a sales rep and talk about Miami. You, these kids, you know, they're thirty four both you know, relatively single, like you could go to Miami, you could go to Europe, like all tangible things that you could do with the the seven thousand five hundred but uh, nothing worked. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they have not sold it yet. I'll, you know, if the Lakers can pu- pull this one off, maybe we can get them to sell. If they, and I doubt they'll sell once down three to one, but maybe they'll sell if the Lakers can can win tonight and then uh, I'm assuming next game is Wednesday. Yeah. Um, yeah, t- t- totally. I-, I can see that. I can see the mindset of, do you lose the two
0: games in Denver? And then it's like, okay, like, they'll win game three and then and then you know and then we'll think about it and then the but then they lose game three and it's like okay well now I'm selling for for pennies on the dollar um and so what's the point but yeah I mean if I were them yeah I would try it maybe yeah you know yeah three one probably still not going to be a great price but uh yeah we will see so um and And you didn't sell but yeah
1: yeah and then just you know the last thing again like and this is what I've told a lot of people. I posted this on my Instagram. Like, would you sell this $400 bet for 15,000 and some really close friends of mine who I consider sharp people, whether they're in the finance industry or sports betting said, no. And then when I explained to them, I'm like, well, would you sell for 15,000 and go rebet the Lakers with 10 of that? And they're like, yeah, okay, I would do that. And, uh, you know, it's tough to explain that in a, in a static Instagram shot. Maybe I'll do it with the next example, but, um, that's what I told them to do. And, you know, again, if you take the 15,000, put seven, five in your pockets, like 3750 a guy, and then go rebet the Lakers with 7,500 of that half of the sale price, that new ticket cashes for almost $30,000. So, you know, again, you're leaving like 15 K potentially of, of profit on the table and, Uh, I I don't get it. Uh, And one of these kids is in finance. I'm like, I'm telling him, I'm like, you literally sell risk management for a living and you're not managing risk. So here's the way.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, newsflash, people do not treat sport. Not everyone treats sports betting like uh, like they do their uh, their stock portfolio. Um, But uh but yeah but uh as someone who lives in Denver um it is it is nuggets fever i can i can tell you that much uh, out here and um you know uh everyone's hopping on the bandwagon and uh if if the nuggets pull this off uh this will now be two championships for the city uh in the 12 months that i've lived here so i think you know we we found uh, the uh, the common denominator here yeah,
1: certainly no other reason <laughs> yeah. and we'll talk more about this maybe on a later episode but stan crocky um i think we mentioned on On this show, a friend of mine is is his uh, main like accountant in Los Angeles um, for specifically for the Rams and SoFi. Uh, I don't think she touches the Nuggets or the the Avalanche, but man, talk about the golden touch. Like, obviously, we just that you're impacting the play on the court. But like this guy is like just on fire, Stan Kroenke, owner of the Nuggets, Avalanche and and Rams. So um, hopefully they can keep doing it
0: and owner of Altitude Sports Network, which I will not get into that rant right now. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be more to come uh, talking about the the, the Nuggets. Um, and then switching to um, the Miami series. Uh, Miami up 3-0 right now on Boston as we record. Uh, after losing to the Atlanta Hawks in that first play-in game, the Heat were 210 to one odds to win the finals an 80 to one uh to win the east and as of right now they are plus 220 to win the finals and uh about minus 1300 uh to, to win the east so uh that's looking like a pretty good a pretty good bet but man um and we we we'll, we'll get into more about miami and in, in staker swap and just um their, their their playoff run but i just thought that was worth mentioning and then uh one interesting ticket and so you know back to rule number one miami loving loving miami and all of the south florida teams and, and we'll get to that uh the other south florida team in a second but here was one interesting um kind of miami resale prior like the day before the, the that hawks playing in game uh, a customer placed a 131 bet on miami to win the finals at 150 to 1 odds Uh, And then before the Knicks Heat Series, he sold that ticket on PropSwap for $500. So almost a 3x profit right there uh, on that sale. And then before the Celtics Heat Series began, the person who bought it uh for 500 resold it on prop swap by accepting a bid of 1025 uh and i remember this because he was he was he's a very he's a, he's a longtime customer and he emailed us and he was very motivated to get to get this ticket sold and he was like do i gotta pay anything extra to get it featured on the homepage? like what you know what price should i sell you know solicit that." and you know of course i was like uh You're, you've set at a great price and it already is featured and that's no extra cost uh to, to you and so um, is that taken yeah, for now yeah. for now, yeah, yeah, but like listen, you want your ticket featured on the homepage? you you give it considerably better odds than than what the market is at that time, right uh, and so he so so the the buyer who 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 got their bid accepted for a thousand dollars, those were odds of eighteen to one uh for the buyer um when they were like fourteen or fifteen to one at the books um and then as we've talked about, Miami goes on, wins the first three games of that series. And now that ticket is worth $6,000. Um, and if it, if it wins, it collects a little under $20,000. But right now that ticket uh, is worth $6,000 as we sit here today with Miami plus 220. Uh, and I'll be very interested to see what this current owner does because he is a big buyer on prop swap. He has resold some, um, but. I, I haven't gone that deep into it, but I'm guessing this is just part of a huge portfolio that he has. And so, you know, he's, this is just part of, a, he's, he's got positions on all the different teams and this is his way of covering as his, his
1: Miami position. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've addressed this in prior episodes, but it totally bears repeating. Like when you're the, when you're the second owner of a sports bet, which is obviously what happens on prop swap constantly, it's much more likely that you'll resell that Because you bought it on a secondary market, and like our platform is built for buying and reselling, so you know that individual. I would think we have a better shot of convincing it. That's point number one. That just when you're the second owner, you're more likely to sell. But then the second point is like this team. And granted, you can make this argument for the Lakers. Lakers, of course, one hundred and fifty to one in December, but like. the Lakers were three to one a week and a half ago. Like they had a very legitimate chance. A lot of people thought they were going to win the West. I I am included in that coming into this Western conference finals in this Miami situation. Like I still don't think people think they're going to win. You know, like there's a lot of the sports betters and analysts that like still, are like they're going to get crushed by the nuggets if we assume both teams advance. So, um, you know, I'd be, I, I agree with you. He may have a giant portfolio, so it doesn't make sense to sell because you have, you have a bunch of nuggets tickets. So you just, you're happy either way. And we obviously preach hedging on this show and, and the company like just walk away with something is the bottom line. So he'll do that if he has a giant nuggets ticket, but you know, perhaps because of those reasons, we'll be get, able to get him to list it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, no one gave the heat a shot prior to, uh, prior to the Celtics series. And no. to your point that I think, I don't know, I think people I have taken them a lot more seriously, but, um,
1: sure. you knock off the, the team that was two to one, basically the whole NBA season.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get to, uh, we'll get to, uh, Miami and Zicker swap, but I guess I, I'll, I will, I will say this one point, cause I've said this before the podcast and I, and I'm mad at myself that I didn't kind of have the cojones to really back it up. But I talked about how the Celtics coach stinks not just yeah. te- not terribly not necessarily his fault he was in over his head he's he does not have that experience you know a lot of these guys you know dark you know darvin ham the lakers coach like he had years of experience as an assistant right like joe maz was just like kind of thrown into this role with a oh. bunch of players who you know think that they're kind of like owed something you know, like they think that the you know they're whatever there's a little too a little too cocky a little and eric bolster is the best coach in in the league and so like i said i I, I I knew that that the the coaching matchup was going to be con- uh, heavily one sided on the for the for the Heat, but I just thought that the the number of sheer just like wings and 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 good players that the Celtics had would overpower that. And I was and like I said, I'm just mad at myself that I didn't have the the balls to uh to fire on Miami for the series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I when Spolstro was winning with the big three, the Bosch, LeBron, Wade, Dwayne Wade trio, like. I didn't want to give him credit and maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not just cause that, you know, the roster was obviously three of the best players ever to step in the court. But like after that, and obviously he went to the NBA finals in the the COVID year. So like, maybe that should have been, and not, I probably put an asterisk on it, right? I probably put an asterisk on that COVID season. I call it COVID season. It's in Orlando and, you know, just obviously black Swan events all over the place that year. So I'm just like, Add the NBA outcome into that black swan bucket. Um, so, yeah, I was wrong on Spolstra. Um, this guy is incredible. Of course, Jimmy Butler deserves a ton of credit as well. He's playing out of his mind. He's such a good leader. You know, I don't, certainly as a Bulls fan and then kind of an adopted Sixers fan, all of my friends on each of those respective teams have texted me saying, I miss that man. You know, miss him on Chicago. I miss him on Philadelphia. So it's, it's pretty, pretty freaking cool. I mean, it is, best word I can use to describe the heat is just bananas. Like it is, it yeah. is crazy what they're doing. Yeah. With the
0: number of undrafted players they have, but I mean, also just, it's worth noting the heat went to the Easter conference finals last year and took True. the Celtics to seven games. So yeah, good um, point. it is, it is, it is worth noting that. Good point. Uh, um, All right. Moving on to NHL. Um, The other South Florida team, the Florida Panthers just continue to roll uh, the Panthers lost 6-2 to at home in the first round versus the Bruins to make that series 3-1 to Boston. Uh, at that time, Panthers were 90-1 to win the Stanley Cup and 40-1 to win the East. Since that loss, the Panthers have won nine of their last 10 games, uh, that, and that's prior to uh, Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is going on right now as we record. Um, and entering Game 3, they were plus 160 to win the Cup. So, again, just... Miami and Florida just so many similarities in the in the sense that like they were both basically down to their last game, like, you know the Heat in the playing game, you know having to beat the Bulls and that was a close game in the yeah. fourth quarter, and then the the Panthers coming down from three one against the Bruins, um, and then and then basically taking care of business e- ever since. Um, and also, I think it's quite ironic that if if the heat do finish off this series against the Celtics, which I think, you know, like I said, it would be the first time in history. If they didn't, it's kind of ironic that these two teams with similar stories also eliminated the Boston teams who were the favorites,
1: um, to win the championship in their respective, uh, you know, entering the playoffs. Yep. Um, totally agree. You know, think of all the people that have moved down to Florida from the cold cities, the Chicago's, Philadelphia, New York's, Boston's. I guarantee you, obviously, Dave Portnoy being one of them. He was literally sitting at the scorer's table in the Sunday night game. Him being a Boston sports fan, now living in Miami. Like, think of all those people who are probably like, oh, like, just talking smack to all these local Miami residents who are Florida sports fans. And like, Oh, we're going to kill you guys. Like we're the best team in the NHL. We're the best team in the NBA. We've been the best team in the NHL all season. We've been the best team in the NBA all season. We're going to smoke you. And they got, they got punched in the mouth by some massive underdogs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so uh, here's a ticket that uh, you may be seeing on, on social media, uh, you know, in the coming days, uh i'm i'm calling it the the south florida parlay uh $25 parlay on the panthers to win the stay in the cup the heat to win the finals and the tampa bay rays to win the world series um today or i should say you know uh monday afternoon uh the ticket was worth $685 on propswap again $25 bet if the heat and panthers both do win the value will go up to five thousand six hundred, and then if all three teams win, the ticket will cash for forty two thousand five hundred uh and so that you know people always ask always ask us like well what what will it be worth if if the first two legs hit whatever so i I felt they need to add that in yeah. um it's you know I was looking at it earlier relevant. today second
1: just super relevant told it to yeah no it, 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 it is, in.
0: but you know then also it's like okay like. By the time, you know, in in this case, you know, if the Heat and Panthers do win, it will be relatively soon. And so it's like, okay, probably something drastic won't happen with the Rays by then. But like, I remember, you know, we talked about that parlay that had the Braves to win the East and the Bengals to win the AFC North. The Braves win the uh, NL East. And he was asking for market values in like, you know, August or whatever. He's like, okay, well, like, what will this be if... Will be worth if if the Braves do win it, and I'm like, okay, well, at that point the NFL season started, and like it's hard to say what the Bengals odds will be at that point in time. I I can't predict that future, but um, for World Series, it's safe to say by mid June it won't you know because the Rays have the most have the best record in, in the MLB, so um, probably won't be drastically different. But um, you know, as as sexy as this parlay looks in the forty two thousand uh, dollars, and as close as the Heat are going to come, I just I can't, I, I just, I, I still think this qu- thing is quite the long shot still to the, still right now. And, um, to turn $25 into, let's say, you know, 700, um, I, I think I would, I would take, I would still take that. And then I don't know, I just, cause I, I, I can't, I can't imagine the heat still winning another series, but again, I think people have said that all all playoffs long and, and been proven wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both still dogs. um, I do think Vegas is the best team remaining. I certainly would have picked the Boston Bruins to beat the Florida Panthers, though. So that's asterisk one. And then asterisk two is we both, you know, at the conference last week, we both thought the Celtics would roll the heat. So um, crazier things have happened. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's two of these and you can flip one for 700 and hold on to the other one. Um, I mean I and I'd even push back on the third leg with Tampa, like they have their division is so difficult. Like you gotta deal with the Yankees and the Rays. I'm sorry, the Blue Jays and um and the Red Sox. I know the Red Sox are having a down year, but they're still a talented team going into Fenway's no no easy feat, so um, well, yeah. If 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 the Heat and the Panthers
0: win and and the Rays are six and a half to one, I think right now something like that, like yeah, like favorite, six yeah. and a half to one, I'm I'm for sure taking the the, the fifty six hundred dollars because the season is so long and are, are, the, are the Rays going to be considerably much better? Then six and a half to one. By the time you get to October, probably yeah. not. So uh, yeah, to me, that that that's a no brainer. I mean, the only question to me is is can the Heat pull it off? I, I think the Panthers are very live. I mean, that their goalie is is out of out of control. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers are very live, but it's the Heat that would give me the most cause for concern. But uh, if you did hold on and, and the and the first two legs won, I would for sure take the the fifty six hundred.
1: Yeah, no, the Panthers are good. Matthew Kachuk is we've talked about him on this show. He's the absolute man and say so Gabriel Brodsky is standing at his head as they call it. So they're, they're, they're live for sure. Yeah. One, it would be one of the coolest stories in sports history, honestly, like just coming out of the woodwork to be the best regular season team in NHL history, the Boston Bruins. Um,
0: and so uh, in attendance uh, at the Florida Panthers game in game three was uh, the PGA champion, Brooks Koepka. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, he's in attendance at the game. And so um, that's a great segue to the PGA championship action that took place over the weekend. Um, on Thursday, Kepka shot a two over par, uh, which put him six shots behind the leader. After that round, uh, Kepka was available at 50 to one odds to win the tournament after the first round. Uh, he then went on to shoot four under, four under, and three under each of the next three rounds to win his third PGA championship. Um, things did get interesting on, on Sunday, though. Um, I mean, and this is just like a, a quick snapshot of of how kind of crazy it was. And, you know, Kekka was always the favorite, but, you know, it was a range of values between like minus 350, like down to, like he was minus 110 at one point for, uh, for a little bit, you know, because he you know, he had a, he had a penalty stroke on a hole in the, fr- in the, in the, fr- on the front nine. And so it, it definitely got interesting. Um, so, uh, here's like a little timestamp I put out on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, these are the odds as of 3 PM Eastern Kepka 320 Hovland plus 380 Scheffler was 29 to one. And then one hour later at 4 PM Eastern Kepka was minus 135 Hovland plus 200 and Scheffler Plus eight fifty, and at one point, even after the Scheffler got to like plus four seventy, so like it was, it was you know, even though like the the leader, you know, who entered the day, you know, won the thing, and um, and I will say, man, it is, it just seems so hard for a golfer not in the final group to to win one of these things. And I know JT did it last year, but from coming down from like six like he was like six shots back entering the day, but it still took a, a, a playoff with a uh, Zal Torres uh, to win yeah. it at last year's PGA. Um, but besides that, I mean, I mean, but you know, it's, it, so my point being is that like, if you know, you want to stick to guys who were playing that final group on, on, on Sunday, because it's just like, you know, what you have to do and like, you're going to get the last crack at it. But um, yeah. And then Hovland uh, just kind of butchered his chances by uh by plugging, uh, his bunker shot on 16, like in between the sand and the grass. And that was pretty much it after that.
1: Yeah, no, total blast. We were t- texting on like Saturday, just discussing the leaderboard. You know, you got Brooks Kepka, one of the best golfers ever. And a guy that's, you know, if anyone watched the Netflix, um, documentary and golf, like he was down in the dumps acting like his career was over. And that like, he was never going to get back into championship shape. So. Um, you know, obviously he almost won the masters, but let that one slip through. Um, so he's back clearly, but you know, just amazing story for him to kind of get his confidence back. Get his, you know, his swing back. I'm sure you, you know, golf is the most mental game in my opinion of all the big major sports and it's played between the years. And it's, you, I'm sure he had tons of nightmares over those over that cold streak. So amazing to see him come back, but. Uh, my point is the leaderboard was just loaded victor hovland of course scotty scheffler I, I
0: i have it i have it right here uh this was at 3 p.m mountain time on saturday Corey connors brooks kepka hovland justin rose shoddy skeff scotty scheffler rory mcelroy bryson de All right. that was the t- those were the top at the
1: leaderboard just loaded and like a good mix of live guys right which people have kind of like written off to say like oh they're playing inferior golf like i don't think so well yeah (laughs) i
0: I think i think that that was that myth was Kind of busted during the Masters when Kapka and then Phil Mic- Kapka and Phil Mickelson tied for for, for second.
1: No. Um, you're you're still gonna have you're still gonna have haters though on on live. You you probably always will at least for yeah. a few more years.
0: Yeah, but now but the arguments will go away from they're not playing. You know, like the competitive the, the lack of competitive golf and live is gonna hurt them in these in these majors. But um, but yeah, and then the Corey Connors thing. It's like Corey Connors and Justin Rose are like both kind of perennial long shots, but like public long shots. Like those are guys that I feel like that, that do get action. And so, um, yeah, it created a very, it was a fun weekend on uh, on PropSwap of people trading um, in and out of positions. Uh, and so here's one interesting sale. You gotta, you um, gotta
1: bring up the- Yeah,
0: uh, the the Michael Block. Yeah. Yeah, I wanna yeah. Step on um, So uh, before we get to that, one interesting sale. Uh, before Saturday's round, uh, a customer purchased a Kepka ticket uh, for 30 bucks to collect 330 and then immediately after the third round, so just a couple hours later, the buyer resold it for $140. So a 360% ROI for that customer. Uh, and the buyer got odds of plus 136 after the third round uh, when Kepka was uh, plus 120 at all the sports books. So the the guy who flipped it made money and then the the, the eventual buyer got the best odds in the world and then obviously cashed for 330. So. Um, you know it's not just big tickets here uh we, we like to talk about all the small tickets and it's just you know prop swap is available to anyone with uh with any uh, bankroll um and then i guess that that would be a good transition to a a, a two dollar bet that was sold uh on on prop swap um let me uh pull it up I, I don't have the um the sale price but this ticket actually did sell uh at some point over the weekend but um as i'm sure everyone's aware uh the best story of the weekend was this uh, pga pro which if you don't know, like, so the PGA Championship invites, um, like the like course professionals, like, like you know, when when like you go to a course and it's like, you know, this, this is this our lead pro and he like uh, gives lessons and,
1: yeah, yeah, and, I was just gonna say like that 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 was a misleading title. I was explaining to like my mom and like girlfriend. I was like, like when I say pro, their mind didn't go to they're like, okay, he's just a long shot pro, but like pro means basically means trainer. These guys are golf trainers he like, works at a golf course yeah works at a golf course like he's not a professional yeah, so correct. the pro kind of through right. people and
0: i guess and and of course you know and i realize this is a weird distinction but like if you're on the pg if you're a pga tour member that's what like we, what we consider to be a professional golfer but like a pga right. professional is you know he gets paid to you know to teach golf basically yeah. and and works at a golf course um in in mission viejo in mission viejo i believe mm-hmm. um but uh so yeah so um Yes, he was a very big long shot and I mean, just a, a great story. I mean, the, the hole in one on, on Sunday was amazing and he's you know, just nothing but net on that, on that hole in one. But, um, a customer of ours actually bet Michael block on the, before the tournament, um, 175 to one to finish top 20. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if you were to look at like most golfers to finish top 20, like it's minus money for a lot of them, so, very yeah. short odds to finish in the top 20. This guy got 175 to one on, on Michael Block uh for you know two bucks to win three fifty. Again, this ticket did sell. Um, let's see, when let me pull this up. Um the ticket sold on I think Friday, Friday afternoon for fifty bucks. Wow, actually I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the, the ticket the ticket sold for fifty bucks on on Friday, uh, and then the uh the eventual buyer cash for three fifty-two um but just a just a cool just a great story and then there was a video that came out late sunday where um the 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 pga tour tournament coming up this week is like a this very famous call for called the colonial it's the charles schwab like invitational whatever and so the tournament director of that tournament coming up calls michael block and says hey we have one more sponsors exemption available for this week's tournament do you want to come play uh, our tournament this week? Uh, which, and you know, that comes with a purse of like, I think it was like seven or $8 million total. So it's like, if he, you know, he, he can, he can make some serious cash if he, if he does well there. So
1: um, just a really cool story. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the video that you posted on Twitter, I was watching that live of like him tearing up with the, the interview and, you know, like his son recorded the video of everyone going nuts in, in Southern California and, Um, you know, the embrace from Rory, like, did they have a relationship before? Like, I don't, I don't think they do like the embrace from Rory has like been on, you know, Johnny Carson in America 25 years ago as a golf phenom, the fact that he's giving a golf trainer, essentially, uh, that big of a hug is just like such a cool story yeah well i mean first of all when you spend four hours with the guy
0: on the golf course you, you probably but uh but now you know there's actually another great video on saturday after block was done with his round and he's being interviewed and the interviewer goes uh he's like so he's like you're tomorrow you're paired up with rory like what are your thoughts and he was like wait so he's like what seriously like and he's like and like it, again he was just like it, it was that like when people say like you know xyz was like a dream or like like if you felt like you were in a dream that you really could tell like this guy was like in a dream right to you know yeah. to be a lifelong golf fan and do that well and that big of a stage and and
1: play with rory and hole in, and the hole, the hole in one i mean it's just it's uh yeah it's crazy yeah. M- million to one odds to have all that stuff happen in a row it's yeah it's really cool um, but yeah to answer your question no he
0: he did not he, he did not have any uh existing relationship with uh with rory um but yeah so uh next next major coming up next month will be the u.s open um i think out on the west coast i believe in la and so um that's always great for us because late start times and um and uh, just more more time for i think for people to buy and sell versus like you know the early start times you know like the british open let's say but um speaking of start times it is time to start our segment of stake or swap First up, we will be discussing the Miami Heat once again. uh, As mentioned before, they are plus 220 to win the NBA Finals. Uh, I will go first. I am swapping Miami. Um, Their playoff run has been nothing short of amazing, but uh, in my opinion, this is how it looked to me. Uh, They beat Milwaukee after Giannis got hurt. Uh, The Knicks are very average. Uh, and then you've got the Spolstra versus Joe Mazzula matchup, which, uh, as like I said before, um, Spo was just no match, it, or I should say Joe Maz was just no match for for Spo. Um, but Mike Malone is not like that. Um, the Nuggets, you know, play a great brand of a, a great brand of basketball that that clearly travels. Uh, and so here's a little stat because it, i think the point of the stat is that the, the heat have been playing out of their skulls this postseason and i think at some point it's going to regress down to the mean um the nuggets points per game in the postseason 116.6 versus the regular season 115.8 so point being there is the nuggets are, are putting up the same roughly the same number of points in the postseason as the regular season the Heat points per game in the postseason, 114.9 versus a regular season of 109.5, which ranked last in the league. The Heat had the fewest amount the average, the fewest amount of points per game in in the league in the regular season. And so um the Nuggets score a lot of points, right? Like that's their strong suit. Their defense is not. But I just don't know if the Heat are gonna be able to outscore the Nuggets four out of seven games. Um and so, you know, and then the last point would be if you do like Miami for the series. I just have a hard time seeing them winning Game One in Denver, Uh, and so I think if you did like Miami in the series, you should you should sell your ticket now and then wait to see if uh, wait to you know wait to have the Denver win Game One, and then you can take advantage of a of of a better line than than plus two twenty because I think this is the lowest you will see Miami. I I do not think they will ever go dip below plus two twenty again for the series, but. Um and then one other thing I I put, I put some money down on this before uh game 4 of the Nuggets Lakers series but the the Nuggets were minus 210 or or worse at every sports book but you could have gotten Nuggets to beat the heat at minus 180 at FanDuel which basically obviously you have to assume that both these teams win but essentially he was offering a Nuggets championship bet at minus 180, uh, but as like this prop uh, versus the, the minus the 210 or minus 235, I think I saw in some places. Uh, so just a little thing to look out there for too. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I'm swapping Miami right now, plus 220.
1: I'll swap them as well. Totally agree. I think the point that most resonated with me was that I don't see them winning game one in denver so this is going to be the peak that you'd be able to sell a heat ticket um and again you know like we discussed earlier like if there's there's got to be some tickets out there that we haven't seen yet like them being 200 to one after that plan loss before they almost lost to the bulls in the next play-in game um I, i just i don't see their odds getting any lower than this I agree. It's been an amazing story. I'm rooting for him. You know, my heart's my heart's rooting for him. But um, I thought the Lakers were going to win, and the Nuggets have completely destroyed them. Um, so, agree with with the, the sale price that you were selling at the peak uh, on the Miami Heat. So, I'll also swap the Heat. Yeah. Um. They say
0: you can't time the market in terms of like you know stock investing, but I feel like in sports actually you really can time, time the market um actually I, I have a soccer story but I, I will save that for another time uh and then the other thing too is that i also love Jimmy butler and i've been rooting for him since he was on the bulls but i can't that's actually exactly go over well here uh in denver and so i'm gonna like, it's gonna be this tough thing of like i love jimmy butler i i want him to always do well but like no one wants to hear that uh out here in in denver um and then switching switching sports uh the next team we will talk about is the Dallas Stars uh which have not really been discussed yet so far on this on this episode uh they are currently 8 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup after losing the first two games on the road in Vegas uh Luke we will start
1: with you first are you staking or swapping the Dallas Stars Yeah so I'm going to stake Dallas at 8 to 1 they can be found at 8 to 1 at DraftKings um they have won two overtime games that's how they've they're in this two0 hole to the Vegas Golden Knights I said that on last week's episode that I thought the Vegas Golden Knights were the better team still agree with that um the point of this you know session and specifically this example is you can grab them at eight to one and I think they win both games in Dallas um and then you can flip it for two to three times what you paid for it you know we always we call the the example the the strategy. Uh, go for two so grab two DraftKings tickets you know bet better sm- 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 uh, smaller units Split it in two and then flip one on prop swap if they can win one or two games um in texas and then lastly like they call it a, a puck bounce which is like if the puck just bounced our way we could have won the game and it's really a puck ricochet because the pucks don't bounce that much <laughs> um so you know, they're, they're basically a puck ricochet from winning two games. Like they were, they were winning. They were in, they were leading both of the two games that they lost in overtime to Vegas. So um, I think they can even this up and you could flip that eight to one for two or three times that you pit.
0: Yeah. Um, I am swapping the, the stars uh, eight to one to win the, to win the Stanley cup um, to your point. The easily could have won game two, but I think they should have won. Like, those are the types of games this deep at the playoffs that, like, I, cause I, I watched, I had the, the Knights Stars game going on, but like, while I watched the PGA championship, so I, mm-hmm. I wasn't getting all the sound, but, and the, the, the shot total within the game ended up being 28 24 Dallas. But at one point, it was a lot worse than that in terms of shots, uh, for Dallas being greater than the shots for Vegas. Vegas did not play well at all. They had no, there was no, uh they did not deserve to win that game and they yeah. did and i think those are, those are the good types of games you have to win on the road when you play better uh and it was basically it was a bad turnover at the uh at the end of the third period with two minutes left for vegas to tie it up. there's my box score going off um it was it was uh it was a bad turnover end of the game for vegas to tie it up and that's the, just the type of stuff you you, you can't you can't yeah. um make a mistake but you know if i i kind of agree with you that they could you know come back and, and maybe win games three and four and so sportsbooks do offer certain props like um vegas to win in six games let's say right uh and you can maybe get some some odds on that um so for example looking at um series correct score yeah you can get golden knights in six games at plus 420 right now or knights in seven games at plus 480 and so um, you know that that's something I, I would I would probably look at versus taking them to to win the Stanley Cup right now. Um, so yeah, that will uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating. We would love to hear your feedback. Feel free to send us any questions, uh, info at propswap.com, uh, and we will talk to you next week.